Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. Podcast. I took the blows and did it my way. It's time. The Vinny Rock Podcast. What's up, y'all? This is Ernie's on the podcast. And uh, we're going to talk about some positive, positive stuff. But first, let me get to my um, sponsors real quick. You know, Core Medical Group is a TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. It's all about getting you buff and stuff. Um, you know, one of the things I've learned, Ernie, check this out. It's kind of crazy. I tested 40 veterans and 39 of them had low T. Yeah, very crazy. So I recommend every guy who's over the age of 25 to go get tested and check. There's a this correlation between um, low testosterone or imbalanced hormones to depression. Yes. And so my whole thing is I like to push uh, testosterone replacement therapy for those who need it. So if you guys are interested, hit me up personally. I'll send you the contact info. <coughs> 100% telemedicine. Send it to your house. So some good stuff. Um, sponsored also by... Uh, live bearded you see this beard right here bro this thing is growing <laughs> so live bearded is a is a veteran owned beard brand they uh they're all about that positive movement right they do better be better and that's really online with my veteran stuff and so i thought it'd be cool to partner with them you guys can use uh the promo code rocco for 10 percent off go hit them up get your beard juice um, GMR gold is, is subscription based metals. Uh, think about precious metals like silver and gold right now. It's a weird time with the economy and everything else. It's kind of a good place to, um, you know, put some money away. I have a bunch of silver and gold in my little safe and you never know when that's going to be uh, a necessity, but at the same time, there's a novelty about it. It's really fun to be able to collect, um, that kind of stuff. So I love it. Um, Barry Law, it's a veteran. This is something that's interesting that since you're a veteran too, um, it's a veteran owned legal firm that'll help you get the disability ratings you deserve. Nice. So they'll fight for you, man. And they themselves go back to the owner was a Vietnam veteran, you know, so they hire veterans. They're all about veterans. They know the veteran experience because they are veterans. Right. And so if you guys are interested in that, go hit up PTSD lawyers pgclawyers.com uh, backslash Rocco if you want to hear my story uh, we got modern gun school it's an all distance learning school uh, you can you can learn how to be an armor they send you the stuff to build guns and learn how to be an armor in the, in the privacy of your own home nice. so it's a really cool company you can use your GI Bill you can use your, your voc rehab and uh, you know that's let's see make sure Willie Peach chocolate that's if you ever had Willie Peach chocolate negative Dude, you got to order one. It's a, They have spice and chocolate. He has different Scoville units. In, he makes it out of his house. He's a veteran. After this, you just go check out Willie Peach Chocolate, man. Order, order a candy bar from them. And, and order, there's some that aren't spicy for your kids, too. So, <laughs> Oh, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Well, hey, Ernie, what's up, man? So we've been connecting on social media for a while. And it's been a pretty cool relationship. I, I, you know, everybody out there in the space is just trying to do their thing, right? Everybody wants to either either make it in the business or want to help inspire more veterans who has a story to tell. Um, I've been, I've been wanting to do your story for a while, or at least talk to you about it all. And it's just kind of cool timing worked out today, but you post videos. I mean, you can have, 
you, you, it doesn't matter. You post videos that just whatever's in the moment, it seems like you orchestrate this. You, you write it or something. Is, are these pre-written or is it just from the heart? Negative. They're, you know what? It's all from the heart, brother. You know, the thing is, one thing that I try to get across is that what I do is that I want to connect with others just to light that fire, to, to just get them through that day. Because when I retired after 21 years, I needed that shit. So I started like, you know what? I'm going to do these videos because it's helping me and I'm hoping to help others as well. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's crazy because you're a very good speaker and you always give that one minute. What is it called? It's, it's like one minute of, of motivation, man. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like sometimes I try to just bring it down to a little quick, you know, 20 seconds of keep up the fight, you know, in life, you know, that day or it's, and you know, I just think of something and I'll, I'll pull over where I'm at and I'll do that video. Oh, I love it. I love it, man. And, and let me know, let me know this, man, you know, part of me and part of my, why I went the path I went and why I do what I do is because I myself have struggled, right? Like I've struggled with post-traumatic stress. I still have, you know, my podcast before this is with a, a, a woman who is a doctor and she's a, a post-traumatic stress therapist. And I told her, you know, if you guys are interested in hearing that, you guys should go back and listen to it. But I've told her about some of the things I still have, like some of the residual effects of post-traumatic stress from combat or even just, just being in the environment of seeing trauma. Um, and the reason why I am in the path now is because, you know, my heart is all about helping and serving others. And so I tell my story, you know, and Ernie, I want I've, I've heard your story, but do you want to tell your story? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to start, I'm going to go back to when I was five years old. Um, I was five years old. I was at the babysitters, right? And I was sexually abused by the oldest son in that house. And so that was, you know, step one, five years old. And I remember after that, how, how much anger I had, how much pain I had, how much just, I was pissed off thinking that I was worthless, that, that I wasn't going to amount to anything. And not only that at home, my um, father drank a lot. Yeah. And he was very abusive. And, you know, when he would, uh, you know, whip us, I remember I would get like belt marks and they would bleed out of them. And, you know, it was just, it was very hard for a child at that age. And I remember sitting in classrooms and always thinking, man, you know, what, what, what am I going to do in life? You know, I never thought that I, that I could do anything. I didn't believe in myself. You know, it was just terrible as a child. And, I remember I would always get in fights. I would always just project all this anger onto other kids. I was a bully and I tried to make them feel how I felt in life. And as I got older, when I was 16 years old, I was kicked out of my house. I lived on the streets. I, I lived from friend's house to friend's house. It was just a mess. I dropped out of school. I was, man, you know, I, I was destined for prison. That's where I was destined for. Yeah, but you know, I'll step in right here and say, but none of it was your fault, right? You Maybe. know what I mean? The psychological, the psychological disadvantage you had was already being abused as a child, uh, sexually abused. And then, you know, being raised like that is, is hard. And, you know, it's funny. It's a testament. Our, our parents don't know sometimes what they're doing or, or sometimes when alcohol is involved. It's just, yes. you know, it's just an unhealthy environment in its own. And so you're raised with losing all confidence, losing any yes. ability of believing that there's more out there for you. It feels like us in the cycle of just trauma. And you're yes. like, well, what's, what am I doing? What's the point? Right. And, and so now you're 16 and you're jumping house to house living on the street because I mean, years and years of trauma is giving you no motivation to, to, to enjoy life. Exactly. 
yeah. And again, I didn't think I could do anything. So there came a moment in time when I was at a crack house and I was so hungry, man. And I was looking through all these cupboards, looking for something to eat. And finally, I just opened the fridge and I saw some milk and I, I grabbed a, a cup out of the cabinet and poured milk in it, man. And I remember nothing but roaches came out of it. And oh. I was like, son of a bitch, you know? It's like, what else, you know? Yeah. And so I just dumped it in the sink and I went back to one of the rooms and I just sat there. I remember I was drinking a beer. I, I think I was like 17, 18. And the door kicks open and this dude standing there with a gun to my face. He's like, where's your shit? And I'm like, I don't got nothing, man. You know, and he, he's, I, by the grace of God, this guy just walks away. And then in that moment, that's when I called my mom. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I, I need to do something. Yeah. And my mom got me and she took me to my older brother's house. And then I stayed there, went back to school and I graduated. And then that's when I joined the military. That's when the shit started happening for me. Cause that's when I started gaining the confidence. Once I started, you know, going through the training, you know, accomplishing, you know, tasks. And I started noticing those little things that I accomplished. I started believing in myself, started building myself. Yeah. And right there helped me a lot. Yeah. You know, the military has a, has a sense of, of family that you've never had, you know, uh, it, you know, a lot of guys, you know, being a drill sergeant for many years, I've had a lot of soldiers who, who come have similar, similar upbringings as you, right. Very similar, a lot of similar stories, a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, adopted, you know, uh, kids, a lot of that looking for a home away from home because home ain't so home. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, you, and and there's a lot of that in the military. And there's military has a really funny way of building a lot of confidence in us. But like, you never know how much you can do until all of a sudden you're put into the circumstance where you have to do it. Right. Yes. And I, I too, I went through a very, um, I went through a relationship that Dude, tore me apart like psychologically i i was worthless in my head and right. it took a lot to build the confidence back up and when you know things like you know maybe there was an overcompensation of always trying to become the best in the group but that, that was a healthy compensation right and so the yeah, military man t tell me about your military career so i joined in uh, 1991 damn bro <laughs> yeah man so, yeah, I joined in 91. Uh, I went to uh, Oklahoma for basic training. And, you know, the thing is, I always had that chip on my shoulder. So I remember, you know, I was at the, what was it, when in Processing Center. Yep. So we were living in these barracks. I got my gear. You know, it was so calm. And I was like, man, this ain't shit. And I remember... When we had our dual formation, it was like um, like three days later, we had this formation and, and we had this uh, like cadre. He was like, all right, well, your drill sergeant's coming to pick you up. And I was like, well, shit, it's like this ain't, you know, ain't shit. Yeah. And I remember a cattle truck pulled up like a, like a, it was a, like a block away. And I was like, what the hell are those? Uh, that's your ride. And I was like, hmm. And all of a sudden I just saw like six dudes walking like with a purpose, pissed off. And I thought to myself, holy shit. Here we go. So that's you know, it. Be all right. It's time to get tough. And I remember them, the round browns were popping me in the face. And they were like, yeah. Oh, you want to do something? You want to do something? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it was well, dude. Shell shock. So I was a drill sergeant in Fort Sill. Nice. Yeah, I was a drill sergeant in Fort Sill. And so I know exactly the 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 imp I can't remember the name of the building, but the in processing building, and I and I've picked up 
plenty of kids, so I know that open grass field that you're talking yes, about. Yes, that's what it yeah, was. I, I know what you're talking about because <laughs> I was the guy. I had my my platoon, uh, the senior drill sergeant, put them all in formation, and I walked up behind him, and I was like, stop moving. Shut up position of attention. And there's like, oh, shit, right? And I was the biggest jerk for the first three, four weeks. I was like – there was no soul inside of me besides crush them, you know, teach yes. them, but teach them, but crush them. And um, yeah, I've challenged several kids before that kind of acted tough with me. I said, bro, trust mm -hmm. me. I said, private, I'll remove this rank and I'll take you in that back room and I'll show you who the man is right now. And they were like <laughs> negative. Drill. So I was like, all right, then lock oh. your shit up. You know what I mean? Like lock it up. Mm -hmm. Cause, and I wasn't opposed to fighting any of these kids. Cause I was like, bro, I will fight you. I'm not, I'm, as much as I'm a military man, I'm also a man that demands respect. If I give oh, you definitely. respect and if you're going to disrespect me, then I want to fight you. You know what I mean? It's this really yeah. funny space. And at that time, man, bro, I was a, I was in the greatest shape of my life. I'm a drill sergeant. I had to show up ready to rock. Oh, you know definitely. what I mean? Definitely. So yeah, man. And, and so you joined, what was your MOS? I was, uh, I went in as a 45 tango, which was uh Bradley system. Uh, yeah. weapon maintainer it was a long ass word yeah and so that's what i did i was with mechanized infantry and when i got to my unit we were in the infantry companies yeah so we weren't just our regular you know maintenance guys it was like we got treated just like the grunts yeah or we went through the training as well but yeah man it, but back to the drill sergeant thing i remember we had this guy where he was from new york bad at and I remember we we're standing there and this guy was like, he said no to one of the drill sergeants. And so the drill sergeant grabbed him by his, you know, blouse and just drug him, threw him down, drug him behind us. And, you know, out of nowhere, like three other drill sergeants showed up like, damn, you know, and they just start roughing this dude up. You know, well, we didn't see what happened, but we could hear him, you know, like, Ooh. bro, that's the nineties dog. That's yeah. it's a different world there, bro. You know, right. by the time I was a private, you wouldn't see anyone put hands on. You didn't see anything too crazy. I saw right. one one soldier swung on a dude and he got fucked up and it was cool as hell to watch. Yes. You know what I'm saying? But like, and then and then fast forward to me as a drill sergeant, bro. You can do if you cussed at him, you'd get in trouble, bro. So I had to play this very smart. You know, I was building rapport and then I'd fuck them up. <laughs> you know I mean? Like it was a it's been it's harder. So 90s, yeah, bro. You getting hands on? Oh yeah, it was nice. Uh, I remember when the drill sergeant came back around, he was just like fixing his blouse. He was like, hey, privates, anybody see anything? Hey, drill sergeant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so after that, I went to uh, Fort uh, Knox for my training, EIT. After that, went to my first duty station, Fort Riley, Kansas. And that's where she all started. And one of the things that I like to talk to when I talk to students in high school is when I got to my unit as a private, I was the only back. And I was afraid, and, and you know, within myself, I was, you know, scared. I didn't know what to think. I, I never been around other, you know, you know, people from different cultures because I grew up in Southern California. Yeah. You know, it was all, you know, Hispanic Mexicans or whatever you want to say. So, you know, that's what I was used to. So starting to work with other people and I wanted to become better. So what I started doing was started reading all the manuals. I became one of the best guys there. When something was jacked up, they came to look for me and man, hey, go get Muddy Scott. You know, he'll fix it. And that's when I started gaining respect, started gaining rank, you know, and that's where I was like, shit, hard work pays off. So that's where my stuff started. And, you know, that's my career was awesome, man. I loved it. Um, my first, you know, 9-11 happened. So that after that, we knew we were going to combat. 
Yeah, you went to combat. Yep. Oh, yeah. So in 2003, I went to Baghdad, Iraq, uh, Haifa Street area. It was really, really, it was pretty bad. It was Wild Wild West there. Um, I was a part of the uh, recovery team. So when things got destroyed or there was some issues, we went out there and pulled it out. And whatever was going on, we went out there regardless. So it was, it was pretty uh, intense and it was different for me. My first uh, mission, we had, uh, I think there was a car bomb. They had um, killed, uh, it was like some Delta Force guys. And I remember I was sending my E4 and E5 out there and just to see the looks on their face, you know, it, it was very, uh, you know, it was, it just hit me. So yeah. what I did, I was like, you know what? Cause they didn't want me to go out. You know, I was the, the, the head guy and I was like, you know what, fuck it. I was like, hey, sorry, get off, I'm going. And I could just see my guy, he was like, fuck yeah, you know? I was just yeah. like, you know, oh my God, anything happens to you, it's going to fucking happen to me. Yeah, that's so. a leadership move. That's a great leadership move. You know, I like yeah. to tell people, I raise my kids like I raise my soldiers, and I raise my soldiers like I raise my kids. And when I say that, uh, if my son ever said, dad, uh, I feel like, I think there's a scary monster in my closet. I don't have him clear it, right? I don't have him like, well, then go look, son. No, I say, okay, well, let me show you. And I lead from the front, right? Same, same in the infantry. Uh, I like to to enter a room first, you know, because I'm the senior leader. I'd rather me be, get smoked if I got smoked uh, than right. watch one of my little ones, right? My young soldiers get hit. I couldn't handle that. So I, I commend you on that leadership decision right there, man. Yeah, thank you. So after that, you know, I got to see a lot of um, ugliness out there. And I noticed when I returned from combat, I would drink heavily, man. It was uh, our first 30 days off. I was uh, drinking, me and a friend of mine. We were drinking about a gallon of Crown Royal like every two nights, man. We we're just, and then I started <laughs> noticing. I was like, hey, you know, when I hear loud bangs, you know, I'm like freaking out, you know, like getting ready. My adrenaline would just skyrocket, and I would yeah. be in a pissed off mood. And so from there, I knew I had to do something. And I went to go see a mental health provider, and I was embarrassed already. I was like, but well, they make they, they make you feel embarrassed. You know, the military makes you feel like it's wrong. They they make you feel like you're weak when you do that. Weak, yes. And it's, it's a culture that we need to change. Roger, I 100% agree with you. And no shit, when I went in there and I sat down and talked to, talked to that psychologist, within, I want to say, three minutes, this dude was like, all right, we're going to prescribe you this, this, and that. I'm like, what the fuck? Man? I, know. I didn't even tell you what was wrong with me. Because yeah. uh, we're just going to give you antidepressant and anxiety. I was like, no, man. I go, no, I don't, I don't like this. I go, I want to talk. It's like, yeah. no, just take this. You'll be good. And I felt like a zombie the rest of the rest of the time I took my medication. I didn't yeah. like it. No, for sure. That's that's a you can call the VA right now and tell them you're having trouble sleeping. They'll they'll give you you know two prescribing medication. And I don't understand what that is. I wish there was a more stringent protocol or whatever the case. But uh, I you know I I I don't like to blame healthcare providers on their own. I think um, the VA is such a big system and and they're using a systematic approach to to heal a blanket problem. Yeah. You know, and I think. Uh, you know, they're told this is what is well, this is what we do. I guess the standard operating procedures just give them this, you know. Um, and I don't I don't necessarily agree with it. And I think sometimes it's out of the, even the healthcare providers' hands. So yeah. there's a you know that's part of the big culture that we need to change for our community for sure. That's that's step number one, right? Like uh, identifying how we medicate or how we heal trauma. That's right. And so when I retired in 2012, I went through this process of what it was i think it was one week of you know getting out the a capping yep and so i i really wasn't even interested in i just wanted to get the hell out 
my tank was, you know, my gas tank was empty. I was like, I'm done. And I didn't, I didn't want to be one of those guys that just stayed on active duty, you know, shit bag. I wasn't going to do that. I was like, no, if I can't lead, you know, if I don't have it anymore, I'm out. So yeah, I got emo- out. Emotionally, if you're just drawn, if you're dead, emotionally, if you're done, you're done. Yeah. And I remember when I was on my way home, I was like, man, you know, people are going to be knocking down my doors, hiding behind, you know, doors, you know, in my closet, like, hey, I want you to come work for me. Well, guess what? None of that happened. Man. Doesn't happen. <laughs> and, and it was crazy. And that started affecting my esteem again, you know. Oh, for, for one, sure. You know, I wasn't in that position of more of authority. Two, I was just another guy. Yeah, you got to start from scratch all over again when you've just provided 20 years of service and became one of the big dogs in the fight, uh, that that's a heavy blow to all of our egos. It happens to me, yes. you know, I, I hated it. I hated the fact that having to be new again, I hated going into the border patrol and people treat me like the new guy, talk yep. to me like the new guy, treating me like the new guy, not trusting me like the new guy. But then when shit gets serious, uh, they look towards me because I'm the guy that handles the stress better. Right. It's like exactly. this, it's like, well, then you should probably just give me the respect that I deserve in the first place. At the same time, you know, there's a lot of people who've had the shitty veterans who've kind of hurt our, you know, hurt our path. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you know, it's a tough, tough thing, man. And so, here you are now. You're out. You realize that life um, outside of the military is ten times harder than it was in the military, and you're trying to find, you're trying to find that motivation to keep kicking. Yeah. So my first job. I'm working, right? I'm working on this piece of equipment and the shop supervisor, you know, is watching me. And he was like, hey, why don't you do it like this? And I go, hey, I go, who's fucking this chicken right now? Ah. <laughs> I remember his face. He was like, <laughs> and I, was, I went back. He, he like came back like 20 minutes later. And he was like, hey, do you like working here? And I was like, fuck, no, I don't. You know, it's just, ah, all right, well, I'll let you out. And I was like, that's fine. Yeah, you know? yeah, just angry. Yeah. And you know the thing was, I went through like five jobs, man, and I, I was just going into a deeper depression. I started drinking heavily. I was married at the time, and that wasn't healthy for my relationship. And I started getting to this really bad, dark place, and where I was like, you know what? I don't even fucking want to be here anymore. Yeah. And in that moment, I got a phone call. It was from the high school, and the high school was like, "Hey, Ernie, can you come to our school and talk about your military career?" and Actually, I wanted to say no, but something told me to say yes. I go there, and as they introduce me and I get in front of that classroom, I felt that peace again. I felt that worth. I felt that that hunger starting to come back again. And in, in those kids' faces, I saw me as a child. You know that kid I told you about that didn't have that, that confidence, didn't have yeah. that belief in himself? I saw them in there, and I said, you know what? I remember when I couldn't get that person to tell me, hey, you could be whatever you want to be in life. Here's my chance to do that to those kids. Beautiful. So that's when I found, yes, I love this shit. So that's when I started going to schools and started talking to these high-risk youth and also other students and tell them, listen, nobody could stop you but you. Nobody could hold you back but yourself. The way you think is the only person that's going to slow you down in life or stop you in life from getting what you want in life. And, and it all starts with you. You know, no, no song is going to help you. No you know, movie, anything, it's all within. And then that's when I started changing my life, man. That's when I got that fucking, <sighs> this fucking shit. 
Yeah. I'm starting to get pumped up right now, but yeah, you know, <laughs> and that's the way I feel in life. You know, it's just like, man, you got to go after it no matter what. Oh, and I sure. feel that. And, and I do that to veterans too. I, I talk to veterans and I tell them, you know, how I found that hope. I found that light because you are the light. We are the light. We are the beacon of light. I agree. Like, you got to make Hello. it. I agree. I agree that we are the leaders of tomorrow. We should be leading people. I don't care if it's how to fucking make a sandwich or if it's how to, how to, how to, you know, fight a fire. I don't care. You know, we have the experiences of leaders that most people do not have. We've endured training there. So there is all these leadership programs out there. Did my speaker go out? Hold on. There's all these military programs that, uh, excuse me, these life coaching programs that use military tactics as a training yes. mechanism. It's like, uh, what are we doing here? We should be the ones leading those. It shouldn't be someone else. It should be us. And so it drives me crazy. It's extremely frustrating. Um, but, you know, I, it, it takes guys like you and me to speak on it, right? Someone yes. has to be speaking on that. That's right. That's tell, me, tell, me, tell me about your company. So my company, Keep Up the Fight and uh, Keep Up the Fight Apparel, or I call it Rec Inspirations, R-E-K. And nice. so say again? I said, nice. Is this thing yeah. cutting out? Are you hearing me okay? Yeah, no, no, I got you. you okay, good. Um, loud and clear, Lima Charter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so what I do is uh, I go speak. I speak to youth. I speak to, you know, juveniles in detention. I speak to veterans. I go to American Legions. I spoke at a grunt style in San Antonio. I think it was last year or the year before. Oh, good. And that was pretty good. I got to talk to, it was, I don't know, probably about 300 guys. That's and, cool. you know, I just told my story. And one of the main things that I like to get is what you just talked about is how, how do we transition our military experience into the civilian sector? We just got to figure it out, man. Yeah. There's a way to do it. It's just like our leadership. Looking at it as a business perspective and how do we attain our goal? Just like we used to do our op orders and things like that. We can just, you know, convert it into civilian life. We were trained to work as a team civilians are not so they yeah. don't understand us and we don't understand them but we just got to figure it out and take that lead role and start doing that so that's what i do i go out there and just help people and connect with people and just push them along and give them that spark within themselves to fucking start that fire i love it dude i Oof. love it Oof, you're fired up yeah well, dude, man. Check, check this out look we're gonna end this podcast here soon but i want to give you your minute I want to put you on the spot to, to, to say, do your thing, do one of your little speeches on here, bro. And then when we're done with that, I want to hear some of your social media so people can find you and we can, we can, we can try and get people to see what you do. All right. So you're never going to have the answers, right? But you still got to move forward. No matter what in life, no matter the, the loneliness, no matter the pain, no matter how sad you feel, how, you know, in that pain you feel where you're hurting, keep moving forward. Because you know what? In darkness, you are the light. You're the one that can bring the light within yourself to create that better tomorrow. Because being stuck in yesterday ain't going to advance you. It ain't going to bring you no you know, productivity in life. Life is not hard. Life is not easy. Life is just life. And life is the way you make it and keep pushing through it. Because every time you create that, that fire and to overcome that adversity that obstacle man you know what you're just going to get stronger and more powerful and keep pushing in life ain't nothing going to fucking stop you but you 
Man, fuck. I just yeah. want to drink. I'm going to break it in half. <laughs> <laughs> I but love yeah, it, man, bro. Every day is to keep up the fight. I love it. I love it. Dude, so tell me, uh, tell the people who are listening right now where they can find you, where they can listen to your motivational posts that you give. At least once a week, he's posting something, if, if not more. Please yes. go ahead. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram, Facebook. You can find me on YouTube, uh, uh, that uh, Snap thing. <laughs> it's uh, Ernie Mariscal, Ernie Mariscal, M-A-R-I-S-C-A-L. You can find me, bring it, hit me up with some questions. I love talking to people. And a lot of people reach out to me and I, you know, I'll, I'll take the time to talk to them. And I have no problems because you know what, when I needed help, somebody was there for me and even Rock will help me. And you know what, I'm always giving back and I'd love to do that. There you go, brother. Thank you so much, brother. Thank you for your time, man. Hit me a text hey, later, you, all right? Cool. Later, bro. I took the blow.